You are listening to episode nine. This episode is brought to you by QuickBooks, which is one of the best apps for starting entrepreneurs. I've literally been using this app since I launched my business, and it has helped me, who doesn't have an accountant brain, to keep my books in order and to send them in an organized fashion to my accountant. So I recommend it to anyone who is trying to launch a business and is doing that as a solopreneur or entrepreneur. This episode is also brought to you by my new course, How to Dominate LinkedIn with Your Personal Brand. And you can join the waitlist now as the link is below this episode. Meet my next guest, Janisha Allura, former Miss Singapore. And now she is the CEO and founder of Soul Rich Woman. Soul Rich Woman is the number one female entrepreneur network in Southeast Asia, and it connects over 200,000 women across the region with a presence in seven countries, including Singapore, Malaysia, Philippines, Vietnam, and Indonesia. With a vision to empower one million women, Janisha is passionate about helping women to take their businesses from offline to attracting clients online. She is my first international guest, and she has been profiled on CNBC and China Daily. You will not want to miss this episode. You are listening to the Sounds of Inspiration. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. And today I have the honor of interviewing Janisha Alora, who is calling in all the way from Singapore. So I'm very excited to have her in today. She has a very diverse background and I can't wait for you all to hear it. So thank you, Janisha, for tuning in and uh, being willing to do this uh, interview with me. Yeah, thanks for having me on your show. Awesome. And please tell us a little bit about you, your educational background, and kind of your uh, career background as well. Um, I noticed in your bio that you started as a pageant queen, and you've kind of merged into this whole other uh, entity you've created. So can you tell our audience the journey of even the pageantry into that, and, and what led from one thing to another? Well, before I was Miss Singapore, um, I had to work and support myself through school since I was 14 years old. So that was really tough. My mother pawned her gold to uh, get me through some certification 
Kitchens program. So I graduated with, uh, I mean, well, as in I got yoga, aerobics, and line dancing certifications. Yeah. And while during the school days, it was tough because imagine waking up 5 a.m. in the morning to go to school. And by the time you finish school, it's about maybe 2 p.m. And then your project work. And then by the time you finish project work, you know, usually my friends will go movies. So what I did was I have to take, have to take a quick nap before I go on to teach my classes around 7 p.m. And by the time I reach, um, finish my classes, it's about 10. And I reach home, it's about 11 p.m. And I have not finished my homework. So that went on for many years and tough. life was really very tough. I was being bullied in school very often because of my looks and my... Um, I didn't have a lot of nice, fanciful uh, material stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So there were times that I was in class and I was running around the yard, you know, we're playing basketball. And then this group of girls will come up to me and then you'll corner me in one place. And then the leader will just come over me and pull open my ring, round neck t-shirt. Just pull it open and then revealing my bra. And then they'll be like, oh, you're wearing the same bra again? And then there'll be situations where they will disturb me in my class and then they'll take my bag and they will throw it across the classroom floor and my books will be strewn all over the floor. And I have to miserably pick up one by one. But you see, my family has always been the big why because my mom, my dad, and my mother has always been the big pieces of my life. So I told myself, just look past that and just keep keep going. Although I did say that my self-esteem was affected, you know, my self-worth um, was affected to a certain extent. I mean, because when you bullied in school, there's no really nobody you can really turn to the last time. So it was tough. Then my friends encouraged me to join Miss Singapore in 2006. And I won. Um, it was not, I was, it will really open up my eyes and open up the world. And during that time, because of my skill set, I was able to move a class of 10 to moving a group of a thousand. So it was really quite easy for me to instruct or already teach, right? So I took on an image consultant certification and then my doors opened. My clientele were CEOs of companies, politicians of Singapore and decision makers. And because of this exposure, I had a lot of opportunities to move between the worlds, you know, I was paid to travel and done so much, you know, which I've never ever imagined in my entire life. Wow. That, that, however, came to a standstill when, even though I was passionate, but I was working and I was trading time for money. I work, I get paid. I work, I get paid. If I don't work, I don't get paid. So I, I asked myself, so then how, how do I live my life? If I'm going to keep trading time for money, I mean, if my big why is my family, I got to spend more time with them, isn't it? So I said, okay, can we go online then? So I spent about hundred thousands of dollars of uh, of courses to go learn how to go online. So I attended those masterminds, short courses, long courses, mentorship programs, basically yes. do the whole shebang, you know. <laughs> and then I discovered a way to kind of put into our local context and culturally. Um, kind of manifested and then eventually uh, did it. So in three months, I made about hundred thousand in 2012, and then made a million dollars in a year. So the rest was history. So I 
my partners, my new partners, uh, my, my friends actually, they, they became my partners eventually. Say, hey, why don't you invest in a cafe retail chain with us? So we started mm-hmm. from scratch. We built from zero. You know, we had, no, I mean, I put in money, they put in money and then we started. So zero, we grew to three countries. We went to from zero to Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia. And then we had uh, 18 franchisees and licensees. Um, that's across the region. And then within five years, we exited to a public listed company. So wow. that really blew my mind off once again because I knew that, you know, even though you know, I'm doing so much in my life. And during the same time when I was doing my cafe retail chain, I was based in Indonesia and I was overseeing the franchise operations. So I felt that something was missing. You know, I was, I was rich, I have money, I have this, you know, but what's next? You know, what I'm saying is like, there's something that's calling you. And then it's like, okay, I know that I have to do something more than just my cafe stuff, right? So with just a webcam, the one that I'm using now and the internet, I went on, I did webinars every single Wednesday. Um, it's called Webinar Wednesday and it was on <laughs> every Wednesday at 9 p.m. sharp. At the beginning, it was zero viewership, like zero, like to the sound of the crickets, you know? Wow. And, and then um, I, I knew I had to do something, right? So, Master the online business and I also mastered the F word, right? So it was funnels and I mastered Facebook ads. So by doing these two has allowed me to build a business without a website and build a community without a website. And by doing so, um, the community grew from zero to the first 100 to the first 500 and then the rest is history. So that that was how Soul Rich Women was born. It was born part-time moonlighting out of uh, my computer and my internet while running uh, location independent in a country of my uh, cafe uh, business. And then eventually when we exited the business, um, that was when I went in full-time into Soul Rich Woman and I traveled Southeast Asia uh, tremendously like Mm -hmm. Singapore, Malaysia, Philippines, Vietnam, Thailand, uh, yeah, Myanmar, you know, so we travel these countries to work with the partners in local neighborhoods because they won't know the people better than us. I mean, they will know the people better than us, right? So, but by going to these countries, I realized that Southeast Asia is really very untapped market and there is a very strong need for women to be given support to be go uh, to go from offline to online. For us, we specialize in helping women to get clients online and get their brands known online. Mm-hmm. So it's really very different. And I love what I do. And we absolutely advocate for the movement for women who love the F word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> such a beautiful story. And it's so beautiful to see how you took something that was a very negative experience and somehow transitioned into someone who's accomplished so much. Um, and actually, I kind of want to ask in between that, how, so your friends told you to join this pageant and from the pageant, you kind of kept building on that. Like you had those contacts and you're like, okay, what can I do with this? What can I do with that? Um, what in between that did you kind of have to do like mentally to tell yourself, okay, you know what? I think I can go for this. And has that kind of been <laughs> a repeated theme you'd had to tell yourself in those other stages of your business as well? 
I think the the big thing here is always the mindset shift and the mindset work. I think becoming or being the Miss Singapore uh, before leading to becoming a Miss Singapore, I went for a lot of training. I, I trained mm. myself. I attended public speaking sessions. I learned how to develop my platform, find my own voice, find my own br- brand, personal identity. So that has translated into my businesses. I mean, even up to today, it's online. We are still helping women to find their voice and find their message online, right? So that over the period of 10 years, we are still doing the same thing because we are just only getting better at it. So let's say, for example, we have a lady, female entrepreneur who came to us. She was called a personal branding coach, right? For three years. So she she was a secretary executive secretary for 20 years. That means she's like the secretary to the C-suites. So CEOs, CFOs, right? And she quit her job of 20 years, came out to do her own business, brand herself as a personal branding coach, but had no business at all for three years, like to the sound of the crickets, right? So she was really desperate and she was really panicking like what's wrong i mean i am really good at helping ceos or you know so-called female entrepreneurs to do writing for example but yeah to develop their own brand but why are not people coming to me right Mm -hmm. so when she sat down with a session with me I, i asked her so what is your what are you really good at so she said okay she's really good at managing uh, you know, like the social media and writing for the C-suites. And then I said, so what's a superpower? She said, my superpower is in content writing. So content writing, there's so many forms, right? There's long form, short form, SEO format, and there's so many different types. So I said, what exactly is your super, 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 superpower, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, if you want to give me something, a product, I'm able to find 10 ways to talk about the same thing of the one thing. So for example, if you are a female entrepreneur and you have a launch of a program, she's able to find 10 different ways to launch your program with just a single message. So Mm. then I told her, then you should not call yourself a personal branding coach because nobody will ever understand then your superpower is to write the 10 different things of the same thing of that one thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? So mm-hmm. I, we eventually coined her into content marketing um, coach who write the, say, uh, write the 10 things of the, of the same thing of the one thing. So she kind of used that and launched, relaunched her own brand. Mm-hmm. Within, within seven, um, how many days? Let's see. Within 11, oh no. Within I think about eleven days, she made seven thousand three hundred and sixty dollars wow. just by relaunching her entire messaging online hmm. and coining it to the succinct point. Rather than beating around the bush by saying I am a personal branding coach, mm. I mean look at it this way: if you were to just look at it and say I'm a personal branding coach, the thing I will ask you will be: Are you an image consultant? Are you helping people to? You know, look into their image, their their colors, their their styles. So I think that a lot of what I'm doing since my pageant days, or even before that, to you know, starting a cafe retail chain from scratch, where we think of the name, we do the branding, and eventually exiting the public listed company. Mm-hmm. I think we really did a good job in in really p- perfecting the sweet spot of finding that messaging mm-hmm. uh, whether is it for offline businesses and now bring it online so I think that's one of my superpower awesome <laughs> yeah and I definitely from hearing your story too I think another one would be scaling I think you're really good at scaling because you've done multiple 
ventures, it sounds like. And yeah, I guess um, is you kind of talked about that too, but what inspired you really to become an entrepreneur and what were you hoping to bring to the industry to offer the industry that you were entering? Why do I want to become an entrepreneur? <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I've always been an entrepreneur. I think uh, even though I graduated as an occupational therapist, well, uh, if some of you um, who don't know what's an occupational therapist, think physiotherapist. Okay, We are quite similar in that sense. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. even though I graduated in that field, I've I only worked in that field for about a year. And um, when I was 18 years old, I mean, I shared with you, I was working, I was studying at the same time. Life was really tough. And I had to increase because I can't work every single day because of my schoolwork and my exams. So I knew that I have to increase my per hour earnings. Okay. So at 18 years old, I said, okay, what can I do to earn more within the hour? So I recruited instructors, put a pool of instructors together and then because of like, you know, my network and the people I know, um, they had events, they have like corporate jobs and they have like other, um, you know, I want some instructors for my, for my, for my office and, and I supply instructors to those places. And yeah. because of this, per hour, even though every instructor I earn less because they will take most part of it, I will take maybe 20%, say for example. Mm. But I will have 10 instructors within at 10 different locations at one time. So I eventually will earn more within a single period of time, plus my own um, effort, right? So my own effort plus everybody else's effort, I earn more. So that was how I went into entrepreneurship or my first taste of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. by knowing that, hey, if I could leverage my one hour of my time, I could make more. But you see, it didn't. I didn't think about that was my aha moment. It was like only through the years that I look back, hey, I think that's, that's the one. <laughs> you know, that was it, kind it, of where it started. Yeah. It was like, okay, yeah, probably back then, you know, because back then, yeah. if I'm not trained in that area, I would not have the awareness to mm-hmm. even begin in that space. But I think my bigger purpose of doing what I'm doing right now, I really think that success is never about glorious wins. It's mm-hmm. about taking a step back and allowing other women to shine as well. I think there are three things in this space, I would say. First is... I have had my own fair share of fame and things that I've done since Miss Singapore. I was on television. I'm on radio. I flew all across the world to do ribbon cutting and do so many things. Yeah. I never ever thought I could have before, right? So the title does give me opportunities. But beauty being a double-edged sword, they will need you to work as hard or doubly hard to a Uh counterpart who doesn't even have the title, right? Because beautiful faces, they'll think that you are bimbo. They'll think that, um, yeah, it can get you through the doors for sure. But you have to put in the effort to make sure that your efforts are being seen. Mm. So I think the second piece is that after doing all these things, how do you structure your, your, your brand, you know, that people mm-hmm. recognize you for that one superpower that you have. We yeah. can have many, many hats. Like, you know, I shared with you, I was in cafe business. I was doing online. Mm-hmm. I was doing this. I was Miss Singapore. I was that. But you mm-hmm. see, I never really pushed myself out 
they're in the news as uh, the CEO or the uh, co-founders of the cafe. I took a yeah. I took a back seat. I run the PR and marketing, mm-hmm. and you know I still love to be known as you know uh, you know former Miss Singapore TV media personality. So I kind of carry like an overarching theme in my branding right. that really focuses on what I'm passionate about. Uh, women empowerment advocate, you know, all, all the things like that. So, so when you are doing up your brand, and I'm doing up your uh, entrepreneurship, we need to look into these pieces. So I was looking into, you know, keeping my uh, messaging consistent and knowing that I was putting out there what I want to attract. So I think that's very important as well. The mm. last one is uh, because of my hardships, I realized that, you know, I really want to shortcut for women. Especially those in Southeast Asia, because we are rising up. The internet just opened up a lot for all of us. I mean, yeah. here, I mean, Alibaba, you know, just came into yeah, yeah. Southeast Asia. They're putting so much resources. Definitely, yeah. Southeast Asia is growing, right? Mm-hmm. And we really want to equip women with a lot more resources. Like, for example, in Malaysia, only one out of five women own a company in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are fearful to step out because citing reasons of fear of failure and lack of tools and resources. Mm-hmm. For women in Vietnam, Hanoi versus Ho Chi Minh are two different animals. Mm-hmm. Hanoi, we have to work a lot on their confidence and being vocal, uh, mm-hmm. more vocal in the things they want to do because they are stigmatized. They are stigmatized by doing a business if you do a business you will be stigmatized so so it's a natural tendency for you to fall back to becoming a mother to hold a job you know you have to do that right and uh, whereas in Ho Chi Minh it's like wow you know just do business like you go 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 (laughs) two two different things all together for women in Philippines they are um, more because of the sprouting of the marketplaces like Lazada, Shopee, for example, they, they, they are all on these marketplaces trying to sell online. But because of the competition, they always say, oh, I have no sales. I have no business, you know. But you could ask yourself, then how do you stand out? How can you make your voice heard, right? So it's always going back to these uh, uh, pieces. And so I want to shortcut their success. I want to help these women to see that going online is not just a website. It's not just like a social media at all. How can you actually put the whole messaging together uh, through our Soul Rich Woman blueprint? So that's what I'm really focusing on right now. And especially in Southeast Asia, our culture, because of our education and upbringing, we are less vocal than the Americans. We are definitely so much less vocal. I mean, we are told, yeah. like, teacher, please, teacher say, okay, do this now. Okay, yes, teacher. Yeah. Then we will do that, right? And, yeah. and, then, and then it will be politically correct in our answers, right? Like, for example, oh, you know, I don't like your food. For example, the food tastes like... And then we'll be like, well, the food is okay. And then, yeah, but it's like... Yeah, but you know, they go behind and then do something about it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, not yeah. Saying, I'm not saying that it's a gossiping kind of thing, but it's just that because of a culture, we don't express as much. So I find that there's still mm. a lot of work to be done. Uh, that's why we establish first in Southeast Asia and primarily we are an online community. And that's why now we are reaching out to women like yourself to be on your platform to share with your listeners what we are doing. And if you'd like to come to Southeast Asia, 
or to get to know what we are doing more, I think you're always welcome. You know, we welcome you with open arms. I because I really believe women should not compete. You know, we must collaborate because through unity, there's strength in in numbers. Yeah. Alone, yeah. you are strong. Together, we, we are unstoppable. Yes, <laughs> I actually love everything you just said uh, because it leads into another question I had. And definitely um, one of the things that really drew me to um, you was the fact that you were doing this in Southeast Asia. And I was seeing that, whoa, she has this whole organization with all these women in Southeast Asia. I didn't even know they were that into online entrepreneurship to this extent. And I saw the videos and I saw the crowds and I saw the workshops and I, I just didn't even know it was happening over there like that. So I think that it is really cool, like you said, that you're sharing what is going on over there. And one of my questions too was, um, it's kind of like two versions of this question, but the first one is, what was your biggest obstacle in la launching this model in each of the countries? I know you mentioned some of them already for um, some of the countries already, um, but I realized you're in like seven countries, I believe, um, seven Asian countries, and each culture is different. So how did you take this model and make it work in each of these environments? Because I think that is also a skill in itself. If you don't mind sharing with the audience. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to. In fact, uh, I, I think I'm really very blessed. I would say I want to thank God. First of all, I think faith has to do with all of this that I'm doing. Um, simply, I just want to also say that my name, Alora, um, actually means that God is my light. Yeah. Oh, so cool. <laughs> I, yeah, so I think I really believe in putting God first in everything that we do. And I think that's the basis and fundamental of the things I'm doing. So first, I thank God for that. So I think the, the scaling part and to do that, I'm really very blessed because I have two sides of my experience. I have one, which is the cafe retail chain experience, where I was able to build across the different countries. So I know exactly what needs to be done in terms of the system process to go into the networks and go on the ground to work with people and implement things, right? Mm -hmm. And I also have the skill set of going online to attract the crowds and, and growing. Actually, in the online world, in the online space, we are in 15 countries because online okay. has no boundaries. As right. long as you understand English or you understand Mandarin, I think most likely you'll be you know, coming into the space of the online community and that's where the magic happens. Hmm. Seven countries simply means that we, we actually... For me, I traveled out of a suitcase for two years after we exited to a public listed company. I mean, me being a beauty queen, can you imagine me out of a suitcase in this like... Yeah, yeah it's, it's not really not easy because your clothes have to be like minimized, you know. So in, th in, in a month, there'll be four weeks. Three weeks, I'll be in Vietnam. One week, I'll come back to Singapore and then I'm out again three weeks in Malaysia and then one week in Singapore and then out again to Thailand and then I'm back again. So I'm kind of doing that and that's how I built and grew the the... The, the countries and online is a very awesome space you call out for help you call out for network and then you just go I mean I'm sincere I fly to the country I spend my time there I live like a local um, I mean and then just spend time with them and then talk to them share with them and then do stuff so that's how I grew the networks and hmm. teaching the locals I like I said locals will know their communities better they right. can speak in their own Vietnamese language, which I will not be able to. They're mm. able to translate materials into Vietnamese. So I think that helps a lot. So that's mm. why I think that uh, the work that we are doing is important. 
both mm. online, marrying, you know, everybody as much as possible and sharing that common vision of helping women to go from offline to online. Because I, I also think that we, we can't be everybody, uh, everything to everybody because mm. sell to everybody, sell to nobody, speak to one, speak to many. So right. that's why we only focus on women. We only focus in uh, a lot in our work in uh, on helping women to go online, get clients online, get their brands known online. And by doing so, people start to notice us. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Grant Cardone. Grant mm-hmm. Cardone was in Singapore yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Wow. So his wife, Elena yeah, Cardone, yeah. was there. Cool. So, so Elena was like, okay, I'm looking for someone to hang out with. You know, who can I hang out with? And my name came up because she was doing women empowerment and I was doing women empowerment. Perfect. So we got introduced and that's how we clicked. You see, we became friends. So you I mean when when you're when you're doing the right thing or when you're doing a thing that is clearly defined or your message is very clear, people come to you. Mm-hmm. And like uh, in October, Kim Kiyosaki, uh, we'll be working with Kim Kiyosaki to, on her Rich Woman program here in wow. Singapore where she's sharing about financial stuff. And for us, uh, we will be sharing about the Soul Rich Woman Blueprint. And the fact mm-hmm. that we are working together and in, in this Singapore women-only event, Wow. was because we are known to only target women. We don't like have men who is coming for our workshops hardly, you know, uh, and we always advocate because we want to create a safe space, a safe haven for women to come into the space because I've noticed the moment when a man is in the room, the whole dynamics change. It could be either, you know, we feel more inferior or we just feel like, you know, there's pressure in the room. You know, maybe not for your side of the world, but for, for Asians, for us, you know, we're more conservative. So the moment when someone that we don't feel comfortable is in the room, we kind of like shrink. So we didn't want that to happen. So by being very focused, I think that really helped a lot. So like, I, I, so to summarize, this whole piece will be sell to everybody, sell to nobody, speak to one, speak to many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think you brought up so many points, even the male female dynamic and it's funny I, I just went to a networking event where they were talking about that out here and how they want to increase um in the province I live they want to increase uh, female entrepreneurship and they got the province to actually give them a grant to do a study um showing like there could be way more in leadership roles way more running um companies that scale up to a million dollars so there is a lot of um room for growth i think across both but i do think you brought up a good point talking about the culture and how um how gender roles kind of work together how people perceive each other in those professional settings so i think that added layer of culture can sometimes also be a barrier and that's why i think what you're doing is so phenomenal over there because Um, there is that added layer, like you said, there's a little bit of the retraining of the mind. Um, And yeah, it kind of leads to this um, other question I have. Um, So I know that you have clearly gone in training for many experts. You've done masterminds. Uh, You've gone, I'm I'm assuming you've gone to the States a few times for workshops. And then you're also in Asia. Um, What is something that you notice that's like strikingly different about your learning experiences doing masterminds in like 
North American context versus Asian context? And how do you feel like that's impacted you in the way you've done your business? Because from my perspective, you seem very, very bold. Uh, when I saw the website, I saw the hair color, everything, I thought, wow, this girl's different. Uh, what is she? Um, what has she kind of tried? And that's not to say one is better than the other. I believe there's beautiful things you can get from each culture. But what do you think you kind of like really grab, grabbed onto that you feel like has helped you um, bring back home and bring to the different Asian countries that you want to have an impact on? I think the biggest thing is still cultural differences and even yeah. though I've spent so much money doing like masterminds and things like that for me I'm more of a global citizen I travel a lot so I think that opened up my mind to being able to bridge across two countries I mean two mm -hmm. different worlds but right. when you bring back the online online um things back into Asia or Southeast Asia itself, uh, we need to contextualize it to the local cultures because if you're talking about, say, doing branding and, you know, um, entrepreneurship in the first place, we have to pre-work the mindset of, okay, you know, <clears throat> how can you be encouraged to be more courageous to voice out and then moving you into this phase of female entrepreneurship where then you look at, that piece of the work, right? And then from there, depending on are you a mother or not a mother or, or what? And then from there, we need to move you into the different phases. So I think that that one is very different uh, because of the pre-work that, that needed to be done. I think the second piece of work that uh, was done is, you know, naturally when you compare the different worlds, um, the marketing pieces are more flamboyant over the other side of the world. Yeah. Naturally, <laughs> we, and we are more drawn to those flamboyant pieces. Okay. But when when Southeast Asian or Asians are looking at Asians itself, when you are flamboyant in that sense, you will have a certain you will be placed in a certain box, I will say that. So that's why when we de uh, develop our own sense of brand and identity, you have a tendency to observe Southeast Asians or we are a little bit more like, we are bold in some sense, we are not so bold in some sense. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of have like our own kind of persona. Like, yeah, so I think these, these things are important. Like for me, I express myself through my hair color. I think one thing that um, I just needed to have a space where I needed to express myself. So, right. so through the conservative world that I have to be in, I am in, right? So my dressing, the way I present myself, I am that person. However, in my other ways, you know, my color, in the way I, you know, my personality is, you know, I, I show myself up to be who I am. So mm -hmm. I think there are ways that we can tune in who we are and then the culture as we as they see us and we see it. And then how do we align all these with our dreams? I think that's the most important piece because no matter what the culture may say, at the end of the day, you call your own shots of going towards your dreams, right? Mm -hmm. Stepping out of your victim mindset and your social mental circumstances step out of your comfort zone and go towards the dreams they have always wanted to achieve when i interviewed gary vaynerchuk he told mm -hmm. me that 
go to the elderly home and look into the eyes of the elderly. Do you see mm. joy? Do you see happiness? Do you see anger? Do you see regrets? What is it that you saw in the eyes of these old people? And if you see whatever that you have saw, okay, then do you want to have those life or do you want to live a life of no regrets? So I think that's really very important. When I spoke with Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Sandberg, she told me that be unapologetically ambitious because hmm. you have you know, you're a woman uh, an uh, ability and capability to rise why hmm. do you want to be hidden you know and just do okay. your the thing as it is you know and now that it's time for women to rise so hmm. with all these uh, amazing women uh, people that I speak to I think I learned a lot as well Mary Buffett talk about a man is not a plan <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so many wise and accomplished people that you've gotten advice from. I feel like another theme with you in this interview is that you just take every opportunity to learn from people. And so that is just really cool um, to hear about and obviously see the impact that it has had on you. Um, I think you already kind of answered another question I had listed, but we can kind of touch on it a bit too. Um, you've learned from all these um, people who have accomplished so much and then what initiatives did you take to really create your brand wow okay so this is another whole topic altogether but i want to say <laughs> this because yeah. I, I transited from miss singapore where i was in the media and entertainment line i was on tv on radio and then i moved into full-time entrepreneurship i was going online i was doing this whole online business making my first million dollars and stuff so this whole image change took a bit of time because mm. uh, I'm always in the like a lifestyle section of magazine. So when you're on covers, you're on center folds, right? And mm. then you're always on the lifestyle part because I'm always talking about image and confidence. Right. Um, when I went to the business desk and I said, hey, I think you guys should feature me because now I'm running a cafe retail chain. I'm doing this, da, da, da. And then I was told, hey, Janisha, by the editor of the business desk. And then he was saying, I think you belong to the lifestyle section instead. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that's what they were used to and that's all they thought yep. you could do. Correct. So that was 10 years of my life and then I hit a roadblock, bam, right? Hmm. I couldn't change that mindset. So, and you know, being me since 14 years old, never give up. I said, never mind, you don't do me now. I will do it myself. <laughs> so I went on a PR campaign for myself. I, I, I sent in press releases to different parts of the world and doing all my press releases and doing stuff. So basically, eventually, I've got my whole personality, my whole brand rebranded as a serial entrepreneur and to, you know, a growing cafe retail chain from not just in Singapore, but in three countries. And so that's how we grew. Hmm. Um, for work on my own branding, right? And yeah. then uh, later on, I work on uh, the next phase on my on my own campaign for my own branding. Uh, I do a lot on you know growing storage women and helping yeah. women because of my experience how we developed that. So it was another phase of uh, kind of like outreach to let people know. I hmm. think a lot of people think that branding is this whole Apple and Nike thing where people spend millions of dollars and you're mm -hmm. going to do that. But I think really at the end of the day, it's your personal brand that is very important yeah. uh, because if people people need to trust you, right? Even though I'm growing Soul Rich Woman, but Soul Rich Woman needs to have a face at the beginning. 
Right. Now, after five, four years, I, I don't really need to be there already. But the, the pink logo in, in itself has already attracted people, you know, and, and gotten a resonance across the Southeast Asian country. Without me being there, we are getting referrals of getting new members every day and, and things like that. So it mm-hmm. has to start somewhere. So I think there yeah, are two, two advice. I think what I'd like to advise um, your listeners and those of you who are listening in right now, I think branding-wise, don't think like this big, Thing. I think it's very simple. I think the first step is to really check on who you are and who you want to become, right? right? So back then, my lifestyle, I was in lifestyle all along. And then now I'm in the business side, right? Forbes, CNBC, right? Contributing and things like that. But all these things would not have happened if I didn't even take the first step by knowing where I was and where I want to go. So knowing where you want to go is important to find a mentor, find a mentor who's able to guide you, able to teach you, able to help you to go to where you want to go faster. You will not want to take 10 years to go from where you want to go <laughs> because times have changed, right? Internet is moving yeah. so quickly. If you're taking five years, 10 years to go to where you want to go, I think game over. Mm. There's another revolution at, at, at that stage, right? So I think that piece is important. Last but not least, invest in yourself and start doing quit thinking. Stop being a perfectionist. Really just get your out there and just keep going. Remember, keep running until your bank account looks like a phone number. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> but that's a really good advice. Uh, multiple good advices you just gave. And uh, yeah, now that you've talked so much about how you've established your brand and your business, where do you see your business in five to ten years? What would be kind of the goal? Because I know you said you've started in Southeast Asia. Um, are you looking? Yeah, where are you looking for this brand to go, this business to go? Definitely global. I think uh, we have a, no- a lot of knowledge and expertise in Southeast Asian markets. Mm-hmm. And like, like I think there are two things I want to do. First is to continue to empower um, maybe up to 100 million women by then wow. uh, to really look into going from offline to online. I think the second thing is that, you know, we want to share all this knowledge um, in Southeast Asia for it to grow and, of course, introduce and, and share the good works that we are doing with the rest of the world so that if, in any case, if any one of you would like to come to Southeast Asia, you know, you know there's a sisterhood um, of friends and, uh, you know, there's a network here that you can tap into as well. I think the beautiful part that we advocate for is for women who love the F word. We're not just about all about business, 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 but we are really also about being fabulous, having freedom, and financial independence. So that sums it up in the whole. You were saying that you're reaching out to women to go over there. So uh, do you host um, events that are kind of general, um, I want to say um, marketing events, or that people from abroad can also tune into and come in and, and participate in? Yeah, we work with brands. Uh, we work with brands and partners to organize events. Our primary primary focus is always about being an online community. We hold about two to three events a year in different countries. So yeah, I mean, the first place is always to get started is 
to join Surge Women online. I think that's <laughs> the best way because when you're online, you are not desk bound. You are not bound to a country where ticket is expensive. You know, accommodation could be pricey as well, and plus all the other expenses, right? All your expenses you have when you're online is your internet mm-hmm. and your electricity, right? Yeah. So by doing so, you can network online. I've stopped networking the last six years. Seven years. Well, I have stopped going for networking events. Unless it's like at a different level, a different scale, like um, youth leadership, like UN, that kind of stuff. But other than that, I I don't really do so much of that because all my network, like yourself, that we're doing this podcast interview right now, I have a new friend, right? So that's how networking happens. And I I think that it has changed. The world has changed. No longer you need to be physically there you know Mm -hmm. I feel that just by having this online space is so amazing but it's always that mindset of the women that needs to be adapted because a lot of the women are still thinking that I need to go for networking events I still need to meet the person I still need to see the person but are there ways okay for you to leverage your time if you're a mother of two mother of three you Mm -hmm. you have to uh, take care of your husband take care of your family are there ways for you to leverage your time that's what i'm asking yeah just thinking outside the box as to what networking and meeting people um actually looks like and we're actually at my last question already and uh, which i feel sad about because i've been enjoying this interview so much but i wanted to ask you what do you value the most uh about the fact that you're an entrepreneur and that you've established this brand wow for me, the biggest thing that happened for me is to, I really believe that when a woman changes her life, her entire community benefits. Mm-hmm. We can only change the world one woman at a time. But when all of us stand united, we can change the world. Mm. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Janisha, for sharing your beautiful story and your journey. And it's just very inspiring. And yeah, I, I learned so much along the way. So I know that the viewers will definitely appreciate it. And we will have all the links um, to your brand and you uh, in, the, in the information below. Uh, is there any uh, last things you want to tell the audience? Any projects coming up or anything you want to announce on the podcast that you want my audience to know about? Yeah, so if you are looking to learn how to um, grow your business or scale your business, so I've put together a list of resources. There are two things. I think first is uh, Millionaire's Personal Branding Secrets. So that ebook is available on my website. Um, and then the other one is how do you delegate 80% of your to-do list? Because uh, when we're talking about growing businesses, many women always tell me, oh, it's so difficult. You know, I have no money. I have this. And then there's always so many issues, right? So I really believe that there are seven steps for you to achieve your personal brand success. And there's seven steps to delegate 80% of your to-do list. Do you go to spa? Do you do your hair salon? Do you go for manicure, pedicure? Do you go shopping, buying things that you don't really need, but you think that you need, right? So if you say yes to any of those things, would you have that $50 a week or $50 a month to outsource just five hours every single week of your time or a month so that you can be in your zone of genius? 
I want to encourage women like yourself to be in your zone of genius. Rather than be in the business, I hope to encourage you, inspire you to be on top of your business, just like what I'm doing. I have a team of 21 virtual assistants around the world. And and that didn't happen by chance. It was also because of experience. But I started from one VA, you know, working off off offshores. It's not in, in you know next, sitting next to you every single moment. But by doing the five hours or the fifty dollars, that could make a lot of difference in your business. Going having giving you more time to take care of your kids, giving you more time to do more profit generating activities. So all these are available at soulrichwoman.com, spelled as S O U L. R I C H W O M A N dot com, soulrichwoman.com. And my name is Janisha, G E N E C I A A L L U O R A, Janisha Alora. Yes, and I'm so glad you spelled that out for everyone. And of course, it'll be in the comments, but I love her name. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yes, thank you so much, Janisha, for doing this interview and for giving so much knowledge and wisdom. And I really encourage you in uh, what you're doing. I think it's amazing. And I'm so glad that you're making an impact in the lives of women. So thank you for uh, doing this interview today. Thank you.